Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions and provides unbiased answers. Invest Talk, over 31 million downloads and counting. I wanted to get your opinion on ticker symbol. I just really like it as a long term play. Uh, appreciate the show, appreciate all the knowledge. Thanks, guys. Your participation makes it unique. 888 99Chart. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, October 29th, 2021, and I do really appreciate you being with me. And it certainly doesn't feel like autumn here in Southern California. It's been 80 degrees the last couple, three days. We had a cool weekend last weekend, but boy, it warmed up. And, you know, it's very pleasant, but I like the fall weather. That's one thing I miss about when I lived in the New York area was the, the fall. I don't miss the winter, and I didn't miss the summers, but the fall and the spring, they were, they were fantastic. I really loved those times. But, hey, I can't complain. I'm not complaining. No, I, I couldn't. And the winters were brutal. <laughs> For me, they were anyways. Um, you're listening to Vestock. And, you know, I started the show with the same thing. We're all, we're all about here achieving financial freedom. That's the objective. I mean, I'm sure that's your objective. Why else would you be listening to the show to help you grow your money? That's what we want to do. So you got to stay focused on your portfolio. You got to stay focused on what you're doing. You got to understand how market volatility affects your portfolio and what you should do about it. Most of the time, you should do nothing about it. Market volatility is just that, volatility. It's neither bad nor good. But I also start this show every day with the mission, our mission statement, Independent Thing and Shared Success, and I will answer all your questions absolutely with no bias, try and give you all the facts as we know them, okay, as I have them listed for me in front of my machine with all the data that I have available. And that's how we work here on Vest Talk. But you drive the show. You tell you tell me where you want to go. I'm Steve Peasley. I really do encourage you to contact me with your financial investment questions. We will we will explore every one of them. If you just want to talk about stocks, that's fine. If you want to talk about IRAs, you want to talk about portfolio management, whatever it is you want to talk about, as long as it's money, I'm I'm on board with you. So give me a call. We're live right now. We're always live Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time. And if you can't call me live right now, you still can call anytime you want, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and leave a question. I really would like you to do that. If you have a question, just call 888-99-CHART. So let's get right to our first listener question. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Chris from Atlanta. I was calling to ask, what you look for in stocks that are kind of beaten up, how to value them if it's a good time to buy. Uh, I was looking at the healthcare service group, HCSG. What are some of the risks that you look at to see if this is a good value at it? Because it appears on the chart that, you know, about $19, $20, it does find some good support from what I've seen. Uh, what else would you look for in plays like this to find a good value dividend plays that are just getting beaten up at this time? Look forward to hearing your answer. Thanks for everything you do. Okay, well, that's an excellent question. How do you know if the stock that's beaten up 
is a good value and it will recover. How do you know? Well, first of all, you don't know for sure. No one ever knows because something could be happening that you don't know and it's not in the public eye and that's it. But but if you're looking for value, you know, you you don't you don't shy away from beating up stocks. You find out why they're beaten up. And if that reason is transitory or unjustified, those are the ones you want to buy. So this one is Healthcare Services Group provides housekeeping, laundry, maintenance, dietary services to 3,000 long-term care facilities in 48 states. Pretty stable business, okay? Um, It's a $1.4 billion company. They're going to make $0.93 a share next year after $0.85 this year, $1.32 last year. Why did it get beaten up? One of the reasons is sales have been falling. Okay, they've been falling 5 to 12% every quarter for the last two years. That's disturbing. Why are sales falling consistently? And that would be why it's beaten up, because no one likes that. So for me, it would be, okay, let's take a look at their debt and let's find out why their sales have been falling. Are they in markets that they can't raise their prices? What's the deal there? It's a $19 stack, going to make $9.83 next year. So that is a, like a 20 PE, and that's not cheap. Even though the stock has near its bottom, that's still not cheap. It's not expensive. They have a very good return, actually 21%, which that is very good. Uh, mutual funds are buyers, which is a good sign. So this could be a, this could be a good value play, but my first... My first objective was to find out why the sales have been consistently falling. What's wrong with that picture? Okay, that's what I would do. Good question. That symbol was HCSG. HCSG. My focus point today concerns the story behind the question. Is the market starting to price in more interest rate hikes than the Fed is indicating? You know what the Fed has indicated? What hikes they're going to Start, when they're going to start raising rates? Remember, in November, they're going to start buying less bonds and mortgage-backed securities. We think both. We'll see. So that's a first hint of tightening. That, I think, is obviously built into the market. Everybody knows that's happening. No one cares anymore after that. But I do believe that's why the volatility was so high a month or so ago, last last month or so, is because of that change in policy stance. That's a change for the Fed. So we'll talk about that in more detail. Some of the other things I want to discuss, inflation. we got some inflation numbers out today. I want to talk about battery technology. We've discussed that several times. There's all kinds of news on that coming out today. Uh, yield curve. You know what the yield curve is? When I say yield curve, in your mind as an investor, You should know exactly what I'm talking about when I say the yield curve. And if you don't, I'm going to go over it with you. And then, uh, did you see the uh, takeover of a Chinese developer project in San Francisco? A big high-rise project? I think these Chinese developers are struggling everywhere. Huge issues. And I think we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg. I don't know if we'll ever see the whole iceberg because China keeps everything so so quiet. 
Japan did it too. Uh, in the late 80s, Japan tried to hide every bad company they had by making stronger companies by the weaker companies. They would do that. They would force them to do that. China does it a different way. They just hide it. You don't even know. You, it comes out in the news. It comes out because it, because it's pretty difficult to keep everything secret. But So we're going to talk about that. Those are the things I'm going to discuss some of the things are really short, so it won't take long. The market was up today. The Dow was up 89 points, the Nasdaq up 50, and the S&P up 9. So a pretty good week for the market, really. Um, it looks like we are behind, you know, the correction is behind us, and now it's a question of will, how, will the market continue up? How far? How long? How, how strong will the ne- next leg up be? Is it going to be over the till the end of the year? Into the remember the last three months and the first three months of a year. Those six months are the strongest. The middle months of the year are the weakest. Okay, and it's pretty significant difference. Pretty significant. So we'll see. You know, just one of the things I love about this. You know, it constantly changes. Constantly new things to learn, and I, I really do enjoy it. I do. But I enjoy your calls first. So let's make some calls here, people. 888 99 charter number, 888-992-4278. If you don't call, we'll go to our voice bank, which we have plenty of backlog calls, and we will use them. So we're headed into a quick break. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm always happy to tackle your financial investment questions. Please make the call. 888-99-CHART. We're live, 4 to 5 Pacific time. Who are ready and wanting and willing to take your calls. This is the best talk. 888 chart With inflation impacting all areas of the global economy, how should investors adjust their strategy to take advantage of emerging opportunities? You'll get the answer to this and other key questions at the free Invest Talk Wealth Webinar Investing in an Inflationary World. This important online event is hosted by Invest Talk's Justin Klein and Steve Peasley, and it's happening on Thursday, November 18th at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. The Invest Talk Wealth Webinar Investing in an Inflationary World is free. But you've got to register. Go to investtalk.com, scroll down to the November 18th free webinar button, and click to register. And now, Steve and Justin are ready to take your calls. 888-99-CHART. The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Steve Peasley is here now and he's ready to talk with you. Call Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Sean Words with uh, Arizona. Just wanted to reach out about other investors um, use Fibonacci extensions to try to describe what's gonna happen to the market. They're talking about how the Dow Jones is reaching its div extension from the 2008 crash. It might do uh, a crash like the 1929 
when it reached its fib extension at that time. So I was just curious if you guys used Fibonacci extensions to try to figure out the markets, and if so, do you think that the Dow Jones is going to have a major correction like the 1929, um, just because of how far it's gone since the 2008 crash? I look forward to hearing from your answer. Thank you. Well, I guarantee you the market will crash, uh, always does, it will crash, but I have a feeling we're not close to that yet. I do feel that uh, the next crash will probably come with the next recession. Now, when will that be? Well, there's no signs of it yet. Now, Fibonacci, Fibonacci is a mathematician, I don't know, 15th century, 16th century mathematician, really long time ago. And he noticed, it was. it's all about patterns, okay? And, you know, he noticed different patterns. And then when you start applying those patterns to the, to the stock exchange, they apply it to chart reading, charts. Okay, so there's a retrenchment numbers from a high. And they, they're 25%, 50 50%, 60%, 75%. These numbers... Are, are normal retrenchment numbers from a high and are and under Fibonacci would be considered support numbers. So when you, you look for a Fibonacci retracement, you, you, you put a, a point from a low to a point to a high and you then determine how, what kind of percent ret retracements could happen from that low to the high and then you see, then, then you trade based on that. But I will tell you this, extremely difficult, not nearly reliable. And what kind of chart do you use? Do you use a daily chart, a weekly chart, monthly chart? If they're talking about going all the way back to the to the Great Recession, they had to use a monthly charts. They didn't have charts back then, so they had to you know, build them all the way back to then. And, you know, I'm, I'm not – there's also cycle theory. There's There's Dorsey Wright cycles. You ever heard of that? Dorsey Wright cycles. Uh, in the markets where there's different waves up and different retracement waves down. There is a million different ways to look at the market. Now, which ones do you use? Which ones do you rely on? See, I'm gonna tell you this. Chart reading is not a science. It's an art. It tends to be true. Why does it tend to be true? Because our actions as investors make it happen. Fear and greed, buying and selling. We see patterns, we try to see patterns, and then we try to make it happen by our actions. We do make it happen by our actions. So don't get caught up in all these different ways. You know what you want to do? You buy stocks that make money, stocks that are growing, solid companies, and don't be so Try to try to guess what directions things are going to be. The market has an upward bias and has for well over a hundred years. So you just go with a bias. Yes, you can have big pullbacks. I don't see a 1929, 1930 pullback, Great Depression. I don't see that yet. Is it possible? Sure. No, I don't. I don't see that yet. Anyways, this is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. So why are we here today? Why am I doing this po podcast, this radio show? I do it because I like it. I know you need and want effective strategies. I know that. I know you need help with dealing with market volatility. I know that too. So, 
Give me a call. Maybe we can help you address it. Do not react to fear and greed. 888-99-CHART. two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. The best way to get answers that correspond with your situation is for you to submit your questions to Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. The 24-hour listener line never closes, so don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to James in Sonoma, up there where the grapes are grown. Hi, James. Well, yeah, I, I guess they're growing. I see them on a freeway going by at 75 miles an hour, so I don't, <laughs> you know, I guess they're growing. Hey, Steve, it always makes it always makes people like me feel a little better when you say it's not a science, it's an art. We always feel a little better when you say that. It takes away the responsibility of what we've done over the years. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm calling about I'm calling about um, Dow, D-O-W. I wasn't going to call today, but you had mentioned about stocks getting beat up. Yes. It's got a high dividend, although they haven't raised their dividend. And what I can see, it looks like the last three years. Uh, but also, um, uh, Jim Cramer just had the CEO on his show, and it was all, you know, lollipops and, pop and, uh, lollipops and popcorn. Right. And uh, right. I don't see why... Yeah, so I know you guys are no big fan of that. So why isn't this moving with almost a 5% dividend? It should, that's for sure. Let me get some information out to everybody. DOW is a symbol, Dow Inc. It provides material solutions to consumer care, infrastructure, packaging markets worldwide. It's going to make $8.90 this year, but that's going to back off next year to $6.29 a share. It's a 55, almost $56 stock, so it's under a 10 PE. Now, what's its range? 7 to 35 is the range of the PE. Return on equity is weak at 9%. Cash flow is strong, and they will easily be able to pay the dividend, which is 5%. Okay? That would be about a 45, 50% payout ratio, and anything under 60 is pretty safe. Sales growth has sparked. It's 53% this most recent quarter just reported. 66% growth the quarter before that, 22% before that. Now, the year before that growth was, there was no growth. It was shrinking. So it might be because it's not consistent. In 2019, they only made $2.72. 2017, they only made $0.62. But between those two dates, they made $5 or 5 to $6 a share between those. Very cyclical. So now they're on an up cycle. I think what you're seeing is people saying, oh, this is, it got to a new 52-week high in June, and they started to say, okay, they may be at the top of the cycle. But you know what, James? I don't think we're at the top of the cycle. I don't. I think we're we're I think we're going to see a, a continuation of this cycle for well into next year, so this might be a good place to pick it up. You wanted to buy it. If I owned it, I would keep it, just because of the dividend and it's safe. But 
Todd, keep it. James, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. When people take the time to leave an Investop podcast review on iTunes, we like to thank them. And as a courtesy, we get to their questions as soon as we can. Uh, Steeler called, and his question was, every level investor will get something out of every podcast. I have communicated back and forth with Steve on multiple occasions, and he's always patient, informative, direct. Gee, I didn't know I was going to read something that he and incredibly knowledgeable. Thanks, that's really complimentary, despite me not being a client. In my taxable brokerage account with Vanguard, I'm curious what taking profits means. Also, we'd like to know the tax implications. Okay, if you're, you know, we talk, I talk about taking profits in stocks a lot because individual stocks get way overbought or oversold, and they're much more volatile than a fund, a mutual fund. So taking profits is not so imperative on a, from a mutual fund or an ETF because you're playing the whole market or whole sector, and you know it's you would more rely on sector rotation and economic uh, uh, cycles to whether you should take profits or rebalance out of mutual funds and ETFs. Generally, you just hold on to them. Okay. But if you get an ETF that is a cycle-specific or a group of stock-specific, and that, that specific area really took off, then you would want to rebalance your portfolio because you're now, you know, you're dealing with certain sectors of getting overweighted. And, you know, there will be times that you would take uh, profits and cut back. I'm hesitant to even say that because generally they're so diverse, you just want to stay with them. But it depends on how you're using it. So for instance, if you have just a, a group of five or six mutual funds and are all sector specific, then I would probably be trading some of them some of the time. If you had a mutual fund with S&P 500, just leave it alone. Don't worry about it. So that's the kind of thing. So I'm hesitant to talk about taking profits when you own ETFs and mutual funds, I'm not hesitant about taking profits buying when you when you uh, from stocks. Okay, it's a good question, though. It is Friday, and that means we'll soon be sharing highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter. That's coming up soon. In the meantime, my phone lines are open. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. that the prices just run away from the fundamentals. Got a question for Steve or Justin? You're the best person to ask it. 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. 
Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. InvestTalk is here to help. And when you download the free InvestTalk podcasts, don't forget to rate and review. The phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. That's the number, everybody. We'd love to have you call. It is Friday, and that means I'll be sharing some of the highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter before the end of the show. So that'll be coming up real soon. Remember the number. Give me a call, 888-99-CHART. My focus point today, we it was an article. There's an article I usually refer to, something I think that should be brought to your attention. This one says, the market is starting to price in more interest rate hikes than the Fed is indicating. Now, the Fed has indicated maybe one hike next year. The market thinks there's going to be at least two and three within one year. How do we know that? Well, there are surveys out there asking investors. I mean, that's as simple as that. It's not rocket science. And so, why do they think that? They think inflation... It's more of a problem, and the Fed's going to have to get more aggressive with it. But if they think that and they believe that, 
then they've already reacted to it in the stock market. 65% see a chance of the first hike coming in June of next year. 65% chance. 51% chance there'll be another one by September, and then 50, and then another 51% by a third hike in next February, so within a year. What's the probability of that happening? Well, probably, I would, I would say 50-50 that that's going to happen. I think that they, I think they're going to raise rates more also. So if I was part of this survey, I would have answered similarly, because I think inflation is an issue that is being understated. Understated. I mean, just saw the inflation numbers out today. Uh, you know, the inflation numbers out today were understated. The that for the year coming up, the expectation for the for for inflation, according to the Commerce Department, went from 2.8% to 2.9% inflation rate in a year. I think that's way understated. I'm thinking more like five, maybe four, four to five in the, in the coming year. We got up to six, but now it's probably going to calm down. Why? I, I just think that the economies will start to recover I think that uh, the the supply chain will take longer than most people think, probably into next year. But it will start to make incremental improvements along the way. Uh, I, I just think that that you know I don't there's I, I just don't think we have enough pressure of inflation, and we're I'm talking about outside our country too, not just inside. So because we we export our inflation, you know that. We export it to foreign countries who make cho- makes things much cheaper than we make them here. That's one of the reasons why we do export. But at the same time, we're having more and more issues with China, who makes a lot of things. And, you know, there's a lot of political interest in bringing back that manufacturing back to the U.S. And that would produce more inflation. So there's a yin and yang there going on. So, uh... But I think the market knows that. The investors know it. And if the investors already think there are going to be two or three uh, increases in interest rates within the next year, then the market is saying, yeah, so. Or else it would react today. In other words, it would crash today. It would, you know, if it felt fearful of it. But it's already reacted to it. They're not that fearful of it. They're just not. Probably because the rates are so low and they should go up. And we all expect it to go up. And it's, you know... It's not a disaster being up. It's not. Anyways, the KPP Premium Newsletter was finished today, and it will be distributed to subscribers to pump tomorrow morning. In the market conditions section, I explained that a week of very good earnings helped bolster the market, which erased all of the 7% or so correction we've had. The correction was broad-based, but not very deep. Of course, the market may not move from here. We don't know if it's going to go up, not for sure. But historically, the annual market cycle shows a bottoming in October, followed by a strong performance for the last three months of the year and the first three months of the next year. So that's what I said. That's the historical cycle. Just looking back, telling you what normally happens. There are plenty of problems for our economy. The third quarter GDP came in at a disappointing 2%. Remember, it was 6%. 6% in the second quarter. 
2% in the third quarter. Huh. Well, that's supply chain disruptions, the U.S. economy, the world at large, the situation with uh, COVID and what the governments in certain states and cities did is re-shut down or partially shut down. You know, all that affects GDP. It's not going to just, you know, not be revealed in the numbers. It does. And we have a lot of jobs that, and a pretty good unemployment rate for people. And I think might be because we're, the unemployment benefits been too generous. Now, I want to help people. I'm, I'm not trying to be Mr. Scrooge here. But when there's... When we are normally about 63% of our workforce is working in a, re, in a fully uh, go, growing economy, like we have, why is it only like 61 now? 61%. And remember, there was 10 million jobs available. We got to historical levels on job availability. So why aren't they working? Why aren't they taking those jobs? See, so... That is a, a an explanation. The portfolio management section, I went into some pretty, uh, well, I talked about Ben Graham and David Dodd on the Columbia Business School and where, you know, uh, 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 Warren Buffett was uh, learned under Benjamin Graham, but he's the grandfather of value investing and talked about the different value metrics that are out there. And by the way, Ben Graham's book goes back to 1934, so it's it's still the Bible of value investing. Uh, I also, uh, let's see, on the stock ideas, a company, the largest automotive dealer in the United States, you know who that is? Largest automotive dealer in the United States. I mentioned that company as one of the stock ideas. They have uh, 2020 revenues of $20 billion, over 230 dealerships across the country, 300 locations. They also have collision centers. You know who that is? Well, I mentioned them in the newsletter. Also, I mentioned a leading manufacturer, medium and heavy-duty uh, trucks under their premium brands, Kenworth and built and Peterbilt. You know, there's a company that that's their brands. You know who that is? I name names in the newsletter. Okay, and we do that every week. You know, it's once a week. Uh, so I really would suggest that if you're interested in getting um, some solid information once a week in a newsletter that's only you know three pages long, that's maximum, then uh, you could get our newsletter. There's a lot of valuable information every week in that newsletter. It's easy to subscribe. Go directly to investtalk.com, and after subscribing, you'll receive the report, the entire report, every Saturday directly in your inbox. Appreciate that. Investtalk.com. Let's pivot it back to an Investtalk voice bank question. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. Um, I'm calling from the UK about a uh, stock. I for India, N for Norway, V for Vietnam, A for America, I-N-V-A. That's Innoviva Incorporated. It's about 1 billion market cap. The return on assets is about 25%. Return on equity, 76%. Revenues are rising every year, and free cash flow is also rising every year. Um, I just wondered what your thoughts were. It's a pharmaceutical company, which seems uh, good, but let me know your judgment. Thank you. Bye. 
Okay, Innoviva Inc. I-N-V as a Victor, A as an Apple. Develop small molecular drugs for the treatment of respiratory diseases in partnership with Glasgow Group, Glasgow Smith Klein Group. It's a $1.2 billion company. Sales have been increasing 10 to 20% uh, every quarter, sometimes higher, sometimes a little less for the last two years. Um, it's a $17 stock, going to make $1.61 next year after making $2.02 this year and $2.02 last year. So $1.61, you know, it's going down, um, but it still means that this is a very inexpensive stock. About a 10, 11 PE. You look backwards, it'll be six, but you always look forward. Okay, $1.61 and $17 stock, so 11 PE. Um, the range is 4 to 18, so it's not super cheap based on its range, but its growth has been pretty steady. I would take a close look at sales growth and make sure that's sustainable. That would be my first question. They don't have a lot of debt. Uh, mutual funds uh, are buying slowly over the last year. Uh, return equity I show is 53%, which is very high. You showed higher than that, but even 53% is very high. And great cash flow. They don't pay a dividend. So, yeah, it's a good stock. Is this a good price? If I'm looking at a chart, is this a good place to get in? Well, it's right near its 52-week high. So uh, if it breaks above that 52-week high, which it did today, and looks like it closed right near that 52-week high. So you're, you're right there on a breakout. Hopefully it will break out next week. Then you buy it because it broke out. Let's make it two in a row. Another Talk question that call was called in earlier. Hi, my name is Paige calling from Sunnyvale, California. I am looking at the liquid natural gas space due to a lot of the conversations you guys have had on your show. Just comparing all the different names, I already had a small position started in Kinder Morgan, so um, I wouldn't mind some feedback on that. But the other one that looked like something I'd love for you to comment on is EQT Corporation. If you think it's a good company, a good buy price, or just get in and forget about where it's at right now. Thank you for helping me. All right, goodbye. I think you're a little late to this this, this particular stock, this particular game. This is a very volatile company. Earnings have been very volatile the last 10 years. One year they make money, nearly they don't. They make money two years in a row, and then they lose money. You know, it, it's, it's very volatile. Right now, sales fell 951% in the most recent quarter. Okay, uh, the last quarter they sell fell 149. The quarter before that they fell 14 percent. Quarter before that they gained 24 percent. Earnings in the last five years. Let's just go back five years. A dollar 74, 83 cents, minus 19 cents. A dollar five this year and next year two dollars and 36 cents. Well, based on next year's two dollars 36 cents, it looks like a pretty reasonable stock. Yeah, it's a 19 dollar 91 stock, but its range for PE is from 6 to 230. So it's very, very volatile. This is the kind of stock you like to buy when it's beaten up terribly. And this stock was beaten up terribly, 4 to $5 a share back in 2020. That's the kind of time you want to buy it. That's when they lost 19 cents a share. That's why it's beaten up so bad. But that's how they, that's how they operate. 
EQT Corporation, engaged in exploration, production, distribution of natural gas and oil to wholesalers and retail customers. I'd probably stay away from it. Not stable enough for me. Just my personal opinion. On Fridays, I generally make time for a quick rundown of key benchmark numbers also, as you know. Two-year treasury yield at 0.475. And that was about, you know, it's 0.45 last week. Two weeks ago, it was 0.39, so it's gone up. The 10-year treasury's also yield has gone up, uh, 1.54. Actually, it came down just this most recent week, but that's up tremendously from a couple months ago. What I have noticed is the yield spread, the yield curve, remember I told you, is flattening. What is the yield curve? It's the difference in the yield between the two-year that I talk about every Friday and the 10-year that I talk about every Friday. The spread difference between them. That spread is really, really important. Usually the 10-year is much higher than the two-year. When it inverts, when the two-year's interest rate is higher than the 10-year, we are headed into recession. 100% of the time, that's what's happened in the past. So when it flattens, which I just told you it flattened, both spreads are staying steady. That's the first time that you start to say, hmm, I wonder if it's going to start to move in a different direction. Because before, it was expanding. So you, that, it's a very good indicator for the, for the economy. Gold was priced at 1782. Last week was 1792. Silver was at 2387. Last week was 2433. It went down. Oil was 83.34 per barrel. Last week was 83.76. That was down a little too. The national average for gasoline, for a gallon, $3.40. Last week was $3.37. So it went up. And if you want to know how bad we have it here in California, excuse me, last week, $4.58 a gallon. Okay. It's more close, if you buy premium, it's five bucks a gallon. 4.58. Last week, the week before, it was 4.50. Up a nickel, two weeks ago, it was 4.46. Up, up, and up. Wyoming. Maybe we all should move to Wyoming. It's beautiful there. 3.50 a gallon there. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue after this break. So get your questions lined up. I really would like to see them. 888-99-CHART. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. My question has to do with insuring residential rental properties. Got a question for Steve or Justin? What do you think a target price to get in would be? You're the best person to ask it. 888-99-CHART. With inflation impacting all areas of the global economy, How should investors adjust their strategy to take advantage of emerging opportunities? You'll get the answer to this and other key questions at the free Invest Talk Wealth Webinar. 
and it's happening on Thursday, November 18th at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. But you've got to register. Go to investtalk.com, scroll down to the November 18th free webinar button, and click to register. Hi, Justin. This is Ray. My strategy is to get in to the stock when it's low and at the dip, and then um, sell it when it's high. I know it's not something that uh, people like. I mean, uh, you guys agree with that. But I'm doing okay. I'm doing better than what I was expecting. 75% of the time, I'm doing good. So I was wondering, uh, is there anything wrong with this strategy? That's a conversation between me and my wife. She's buy and hold type. I'm not. So I was wondering, what would you think about that? Thank you. Well, there's a million different trading strategies out there. and Most of them don't work over long periods of time. Just telling you. But that doesn't mean it can't work. It does. It, it works. Some people that are going to get, there's traders out there. That's what they do for a living. You can do it. It's just very, very difficult to be a consistent basis. Now, you should have rules that you follow and understand the rules and why. But everybody, everybody wants to buy stocks low and sell them high. Okay. <laughs> Name me one person who wouldn't want to do that. So the goal is the same for everybody. It's implementing that goal to be consistent is very difficult. Uh, I am not a trader. I, I, I've done that in the past, and, and I actually was successful at it, but it's so stressful. And you have to really be on top of everything constantly. And I just didn't care for that way of investing. So I'm kind of a buy and holder these days and have been for a couple, a few decades uh, and that seems to work actually best in the long run. Most successful investors are buy and holders. But that doesn't mean you can't, can't be successful as a trader. It's just difficult. Okay, um, did you hear about the Chinese development company called Oceanwide Holdings Companies? They have a huge uh, high-rise project in San Francisco that was just taken over by the bondholders, the lenders to that project have taken over the project from them because this company is having financial difficulties. Another Chinese builder that's having financial difficulties. And it seems to be prevalent in these builders. They have way overextended themselves. Not unlike us here in the United States, we have builders that do that too. But this is a this has been going on for uh, decades, two, two decades now for these Chinese developers, and they're starting just now to start to feel the pinch, and the Chinese government is trying to try, you know, chomp down on this speculation that has been happening in property values, and it's, it's working. It's hurting the real estate market there. It's slowing it way down. So um, there's a lot of interest. Everybody is very interested in battery technology, right? We all know that every major car company is looking for better batteries so they can sell more cars and go further and longer on just a one charge of battery. And, you know, there has every car, GM, Volkswagen, Ford, you name it, a major uh, manufacturer of vehicles out there, they are backing 
new battery technologies. Everybody's looking for the holy grail in batteries at this point, and right now it's a solid-state battery. There's like three or four companies that are developing, and one's a public company that has just done, you know, has attracted a lot of people's attention and just came out with an independent study on their technology, and it was very positive, and the stock was up, I don't know, 15 20% in the last couple of days. So I think, you know, keep your eyes out for that next battery leap. I think it's coming. Okay? This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have and one goal here, but we're done for the day. We're done for the day. Uh, remember, give us a call. You can, our Invest Talk line's always open. We would really love you to tell your friends and family about our downloads and free podcasts. I'm Steve Peasley, and thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.